Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Snijder en aan de linkerkant Blind. Blind naar Robben. Naar Robben. Nee, naar Arjen. En schieten. En schieten. Kappen schieten. Ja! Yeah! Ja! Yeah! Yeah! Richting Casillas. Casillas. Gaat hij bij. Gaat hij erin. Gaat hij erin. Steen van de Vrij. Steen van de Vrij maakt hem. De man die de studio was in de eerste helft. Staat nu bij de tweede paal. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller. Opposite with me, of course, is Jonathan Wilson. And today on the pod we have Jonathan Liu, sports writer for The Guardian and columnist of the year in the 2019 Sports Journalism Association Awards. Jonathan, pleasure to have you here. Pleasure to be here. Thanks yeah, for having me. two Jonathans on the pod today. My goodness, what a treat! Now today uh, we are looking at the Group B fixture in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil that ended Spain one, Netherlands five. Jonathan, why have you chosen this game? Um, I was at it. Right. It was. Um, it was a, an interesting game. I think in in, a, in in lots of reasons. I mean, obviously. In the context of the competition, it sent I, I sent shot waves through the whole World Cup, but also it seemed to mark the end of something. In retrospect, that great Spanish era, and I suppose set up what has been the the defining theme of of football in, in the years since, which is basically possession against counter attack and, and a sort of 
back and forth between between those two different um, theories. Yeah, I mean, and of course, Spain actually had, well, I think, 64% possession in this game. So, yeah, it was the end of, it, it did feel like the end of uh, yeah, Spain's it dominance. Yeah, felt like the end of an era, which which then was sort of confirmed when, mm-hmm. when Spain lost to, to Chile, uh, or five, six days later. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it's also, what an extraordinary narrative it is that mm. the man to end it should be the man who began it. Yeah. The, the Van Hal who, who who sort of, uh, I mean, okay, I guess Cruyff begins it, but 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 Van Hal sort of takes on mm. that possession football. That it's under him that you have uh, your Mourinho working as his assistant. That you have Ronald Koeman briefly working as his assistant, uh, but you also have Luis Enrique and, and more significantly Pep Guardiola playing for him. Uh, and and so that's a huge part of the development of this Spanish style. And then he's the man who turning his back on his philosophy, you know, mm-hmm. or, or amending it as he would see it. Yeah, I was going to say necessary yeah. evolution. <laughs> uh, he, he's the one who who destroys it, very much like Rembrandt. I mean, as I, I remember writing <laughs> something for the, I was working at the Telegraph at the time, writing something the the following night. It was about four a.m. in a, in a hotel in Salvador, writing about um, this this story I'd heard about Rembrandt having to basically butcher take take a a hacksaw to one of his own paintings. Because he was struggling, he was really struggling. It was late in his career, and um, and he, he painted something that he really loved, but it was too big for the the person. The person who wanted to, to buy it just wanted it hacked down, so he had to he basically had to take a chainsaw and just cut it in about a third to about a third of the size. And that's essentially what what Van Hal did. <laughs> yeah, I, he, I would say so. He created yeah. something he loved, and then and then destroyed it. Yeah, <laughs> I love the fact that he's for money. But, but... <laughs> 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 I like this Van Hal, who's the one who says, "Right, I've had enough of this. We need a sea change in football." Because Vin- uh, Vincenzo Del Bosco was called Spain manager, who had unbelievable success at international level. I mean, Spain had won three international tournaments going into that one, and really, the side wasn't that different in terms of personnel. Other Diego Costa was the big one who'd come in, um, a more traditional striker. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a sense that that. Yeah, the, the decline had been sort of foreshadowed. We we knew that they weren't quite what they'd been, and and they they'd struggled to find a forward. Diego mm-hmm. Costa, uh, you know, naturalized Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was I don't want to say it was an act of desperation, but it, it definitely the fact that they it was a surprise. They, they went for a player who, who sort of stylistically was mm. so different yep. to 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 you know, what they'd had before. Um, to, you know, to David Vieira, I think it was probably the the best fit for that team. But but even Torres, um. I think that suggested that there was a bit of disquiet in Spain, and, and that they they didn't quite, yeah, you know, they, they weren't quite happy with with how things were going. But if you uh, look at the two sides, though, I mean, the, the names in the Spain side are far bigger. Yeah, um, but it, they are a lot of the names who were there in two thousand eight, and time passes and people get old. You know, you look at that midfield of Busquets, Xavi, Alonso, and Xavi. It's a great midfield, but by that point, it's a very slow midfield. Yes, but you. But again, though, you, you still wouldn't see them going out in the first round. No, 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 no. Of no, the that, World that, Cup that, and getting beat five one here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was, it was foreshadowed in the sense that we thought they weren't quite what they'd been. I don't think anybody expected yeah, this sort of devastation because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really thought the Dutch were particularly good. Yeah, and Chile, although they'd had a very good World Cup four years earlier, um, there was a sense of to what extent has the Bielsa legacy been been lost under under Borky. Uh you the the question was always there with Chile until the following year, until two thousand fifteen when they won the Cop America the first time, is when the pressure's really on, can they do it? Or or does this sort of century of mm-hmm. of near misses that drag them down? 
so yeah, I mean the, the other team group was Australia, which you know, I think people expected them to. Mm-hmm. All, all those other three teams to get past Australia, but, it, but yeah, you'd have, you'd have thought of Spain plus one rather than the other two going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, what did you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, at, at the time, <clears> I, mean, <throat> I mean, in retros, in in hindsight, what Spain really needed to do was was kind of speed up this this transition to to the new generation a lot quicker. But, but at the time, having lived through six years of of utter dominance, it it just seemed like you know turning up with Bushkech and Xavi and Iniesta and David Silva. And I think Fabregas came on later. It's essentially turning up with six, six or seven midfielders would mm. would be. You know, not all of them were that. Old. I mean, Busquets were still not old. No, no. Fabregas, I mean, they, you mentioned they weren't old, uh, but they were they were playing essentially, you know, the, the same kind of football that, that they had been in four years earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean this is this is maybe one of the reasons why uh, no no team has I think since Brazil in '62 has retained the World Cup. Which is extraordinary, actually, if you, if you think about it. But it it just shows how how quickly these cycles turn, and mm-hmm. often teams are tempted to to go with you know what's brought them success in the past. And and you know, I remember at the time people were saying, well, they might not be what they were, but they they it's it's Holland who are the ones that that, that should be struggling to qualify here rather than rather than Spain. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, and it's a this point of age, you know, although there was a very experienced side. You look at that 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 team. Sergio Ramos, PK, Busquets, you know, uh, Jordi Alba. They're Casillas. all still, yeah, but the four of them are all still in and around the Spain squads, yeah. you know, sort of four, five, six years oh, so, later. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think with, with, with Spain's dominance, you know, when they won those three tournaments in a row going into this one, it was just so difficult to imagine anything beyond that. It was. You know, it was just, yeah, it was it was kind of inconceivable. It's a bit like when Tony Blair was in charge, you thought, sure, will this be forever now? Yeah, this you is know. this is like if Blair had, had actually carried on to the 2010 election and 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 got his ass handed to him by Cameron and, and the Tories had got a 60 seat landslide. It's yeah, kind of, it's kind yeah, of like that. It's, it is. It's, it's seeing the the team that you've almost sort of grown up with, thinking are, are kind of invincible, or, or at the very least, you know, they were still finding a way, mm-hmm. uh, just not not just getting beaten, but totally being schooled yeah and, and that's what made it i think such a like a, a seminal moment i think yeah. in, in... i mean I, I was at the chile game this game um uh I, I this was the second day of the world cup so the first day i'd, I'd been at brazil croatia the opening game mm-hmm. and I, I was sharing a flat that game was in sao paulo i was sharing a flat in rio with, with miguel delaney for the tournament miguel obviously is half irish half spanish good old migsy very proud of his spanish roots and um so we flew from sao paulo to to Rio the next day, his he was on a later flight. Obviously, uh, I then had to wait because his flight was delayed. Obviously, I was I had to write something for Telegram. I think Mexico Cameroon was the was the first game, so we we kind of rushed to the apartment. The game's just starting, so I I, you know, I sit down and kind of start working on the game. He tries to make me a cup of coffee, but he can't work a coffee machine. And that's not really relevant. The relevant bit is watching his distress and, and his darlings being torn apart <laughs> made it. So sweet, yeah. Because being obviously an Ireland fan, Miguel, he well, always I, had Spain to to yeah. I mean, balance he out. both. He, <laughs> yeah. he, you know, his his, his mum is Spanish. He's legitimately a Spain fan. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was it, it was 
because yeah, you, you watched him go through the five stages of grief and kind of <laughs> rest because I mean because especially when Spain take the lead he sort of thinks ah oh, yeah, yeah. it's a natural order of things there's, there's two things that, that you'll never need an excuse for Jonathan one of them is, comes up quite regularly in this podcast is a Sunderland mention <laughs> and the second one is a dig at Miguel yeah. you know? <laughs> I noticed he got he got chilly in with about within about 45 seconds as well yeah. <laughs> yeah. indeed no this is this is the first actually this is the first ever World Cup game I went to. It's the first ever tournament game I went to. Oh, wow. So what an introduction. Uh, what a ridiculous start. It's, it's yeah. incredible. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 certainly the group stages of that tournament was, was some of the most fun football I've, I've, ever, I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but, my first ever tournament game, sorry, was Lebanon v Iran in 2000 oh, the Asian Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, mine would have mine been too, Ivory, actually. <laughs> Ivory Coast 3, uh, Marley Nil at the African Cup of Nations uh, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it was quite it's quite an introduction. I, I mean, the the stadium in Salvador, like like a lot of the the, the stadiums they built for that World Cup was uh, had been like totally rebuilt. There was like an exclusion zone about uh, I think a kilometer or maybe a kilometer and a half outside the ground. So you basically had to had to walk the last mile. It was very hot, very humid, about twenty eight degrees. Um, and there's about there was about five flights of stairs to to climb up to the to the press box. Mm. And I, I sat through the first half and they, the, the Telegraph had, had equipped us with these sort of MiFi, like mobile internet devices, but the, the internet wasn't working. The, the, like the, the Wi-Fi at the ground wasn't working. My mobile internet wasn't working. I just couldn't get online at all. So having sat through the first half, just sort of, um, you know, scrabbling around with, with gadgets and wires, like, like I've got to, I, I went back to the press room for the, for the, and watched the whole of the, the second half from like, you know, three stories below the, 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 the ground at, in, in a deserted press room thinking, gosh, this, I don't think this Diego Costa colour piece is, is really the story. <laughs> but because, you know, because of the, the, the late deadlines in the UK, that, that was kind of what, so the, the first edition, the people, the Telegraph readers who got the first edition of the newspaper, which is, you know, mainly outside the South of England, um, would have would have read about how Diego Costa's big night fell flat. <laughs> and my yeah. goodness. And then, you know, a bit of a rewrite for second edition. Yeah. But what about the Netherlands though? They obviously they won the game handsomely and, and would go on to finish third at the tournament. Van Hal back in charge of the Netherlands. He'd he'd failed really in in a previous podcast we talk about the moment where that was sealed when Ireland beat Netherlands 1-0 and they didn't qualify for 2002. But he's back in the job. Netherlands qualified pretty handsomely. Nine wins, I think, and, and one draw. Um, and they were looking good, although the expectation well, among the Dutch was was a little bit low. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Strootman, who'd been you know, vital to how they'd been playing, had got injured, uh, a serious knee injury, and Van Gaal was, was uh, I, mean, I think, was a, a widespread concern about their defence. Mm. He felt they were very weak in, in, in one-on-one situations. And uh, he, there's the famous story, although Van Gaal himself slightly disputes this. Uh, <laughs> imagine that, Van Gaal disputing yeah. something. Um, was that there was a, a game between uh, Ronald Koeman's uh, Feyenoord or his PSV? His Feyenoord mm-hmm. against PSV. Uh, and they had uh, De Vrij and Martin Zindi and I think Jan Matt were all in that team. And so Van Gaal went to watch it with Van Persie, who was his, you know, his captain. And Koeman had switched to a back three. A huge, I mean, this is the most controversial thing that could possibly happen in the Netherlands. Sure. Yeah, yeah Koeman <laughs> seeing this being this sort of the torchbearer of a Barcelona way. 4-3-3. 4-3-3. And he's gone to a back three. But Van Gaal watches it in this game. And again, he, he says he had the idea of a back three back in the 90s when he was at Barcelona. Uh, that he realised teams had sat deep against him. If you played with a back three, you got better coverage of the pitch. Um, 
But anyway, after this, he decides, right, we're going to try a back three. And that, that then means you've got cover for these defenders who aren't so good in one-on-one situations. And so they, they tried it. They had three more friendlies for the World Cup. Um, and they used it uh, against uh, Ecuador, which they drew 1-1, and a 1-0 win over Ghana. So it hadn't been a massive success. Yeah, and that lowered the but expectations. The difference he made was he moved De Jong deeper to put, you know, give cover in front of the, the back three and move Robin in field to get his pace through the middle. And of course, it's Robin's pace, which God. ends up absolutely devastating this this you know quite pedestrian Spanish side. Mm. It's essentially a seven a seven three because it, I think it's, it's De Guzman, Jonathan De Guzman, uh, alongside De Jong, and they they've hardly ever mm. get forward. Broke forward, yeah. So and uh, you know again, the complete antithesis of what total football is. Yeah, almost all the creativity went through Schneider. Mm. Schneider with with Robin sort of running off him, and then Van Persie as a, as a centre forward. But I suppose afterwards, everybody was talking about it. this. Oh, this is the return. I think the BBC pundits were saying this is the this is the return of total football, mm-hmm. which yeah. just kind of nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> people don't know what words mean. Yeah, yeah. indeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the real talent in that side. But, uh, should, should I tell the Van Hal story? Please do. Yeah, I know. I, I can see you gagging for it. <laughs> so when I was writing for Barcelona Legacy, I, I interviewed Van Hal. Like, two two and a half hours in mm-hmm. a in a West London hotel the day of the League Cup final and it is the most stressful and intense two and a half hours I've ever spent he is such a difficult I love him but he is a very difficult man and so I I, I kind of you know wanted to talk about you know philosophies and, and you know, this switch to back three is pretty significant so you know why, why did he do it and he, he looked at me in the way that Lee Van Hal looks at people and uh, goes who was my defence? And I was like, oh God, he actually wants me to name them. <laughs> so you've got Lee Van Hal staring at you and you're having to go, um, Bruno Martins Indy, uh, Stefan de Vrij, Ron Vlaar, um, Daryl Janmat. Oh, and when I named four, he, he thankfully ends the torture because, hey, you are good. <laughs> <laughs> got an endorsement from yeah. the great man. Yeah, and then I sent him a transcript of the interview, and the endorsement stopped. But um, <laughs> well, he was wasn't he? He was unhappy with what he said. Yeah, I, mean, I literally sent him a transcript, but of blamed every, it on every, you of everything he'd said, uh, so that you know, you're clarifying. And obviously, working in a second language, so you know, I, I yeah. think from a you know an ethical point of view, it's a you know it's a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't letting him write the piece, but it was sort of you, you know, make sure these words are what you want to have said. Yeah. And he emailed me back going, I'm very disappointed in this. This is like something you'd read in the sun. It's like, Louis, they're your words. <laughs> you haven't edited anything at that point. <laughs> this, is just, this is just what you said. Like... Superb. All right, chaps. Um, let's have a quick break and then we'll talk about the match itself. See you in a moment, everybody. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Is it Welcome back to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Right then, uh, let's get down to it. So, uh, Jonathan, from your um, position in the in the press box at the game, um, the match uh, begins, and I mean, I, really, for, at no point other than until the fifth goes in, it doesn't really ever feel like it's a five-one game for me. No, I mean Spain. Well, they, didn't, they didn't dominate the early stages, but they certainly controlled yeah. a lot of the ball and they, they had quite a few early chances. And I think Robin sprung them. No, no it was Schneider sprung, sprung the offside trap quite early. But apart from that, it was essentially Spain. But that, that was the warning though, wasn't it? And Casillas made, you know, stood up and kicked it away. But but that, that in retrospect, the warning was there that Schneider had got behind them. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think Sil- Silva got behind the offside trap once and and... And then obviously Diego Costa, who I was, you know, I decided going to write, uh, going to write my, my sidebar about. He's the, he's the story here, mm. Diego Costa, and getting really sort of uh, a torrent of booze from from the Brazilian crowd. They, they were calling him um, Diego Viejo, which basically means it's 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 like homophobic. It's a homophobic um, slur. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then he wins a penalty because but, the Brazilians were so disappointed because. That he wasn't playing for them, of course. He's yeah, nice essentially. Country, yeah. yeah, and and I don't think he was that. I don't think he was fully fit. No. Certainly, just certainly didn't look fully fit. Uh, but he, you know, he won a penalty, and then Spain uh, converted, and you know, got, got an early lead. And and you think, okay, the natural order of things has, yeah. has sort of been has sort of been worked out here. Yeah, and, that, and that's right. Spain got one and lap. Xabi Alonso puts away the penalty. Well, and, and you know, it's exactly what Van Hal had been worried about. That yeah. His defenders and one-on-one battles weren't good enough, and and De Vrij sort of gets lured into sort of making a lunging challenge and you know he catches Costa's trailing leg and and especially with the forward like Costa as well who oh, I mean it's one of those where I think Costa knew exactly what he was doing when he turned yes. back inside he was thinking I'm probably going to get caught here but mm. it's a foul it is um, and then David Silva has a chance for 2-0 for which Sillison and Gold stands up well with but again like, it's so odd watching the highlights because you see Spain go 1-0 up they're looking fairly comfortable I, I know Snyder's sprung the offside trap but he didn't score and then Silva has that chance and you're just thinking this ends five one. Do you know it's such a it's such a but strange. Everything game. changes the Van Persie goal. The whole tenor of the game changes on that. Yeah. So just before half time, or was it a few minutes before half time? Yeah, forty four minutes, I think. Something yeah. Like that. Ball comes into Van Persie. Beautiful cross from <sighs> Dali Blint. I mean, it's a fantastic goal. Which which is better, the cross or the header? 
I, I, I just oh, it's a two together. I mean, yeah. I don't know for me, which is better, bones or blood? You need both. <laughs> blood. Uh, the age-old debate. Yeah. yeah, I. I mean, the header is superb. The, the way Van Persie did. I mean, are you surprised he takes it on the head because he could sort of control? Yeah, it. I mean, I can't think of any other goal I've ever seen like that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, people describe it as a diving header, and I sort of understand why because of that fantastic photo of him, sort of mm. almost horizontal. But actually, it's not quite that. He, you know, he 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 runs on, and he just sort of checks his run as the ball sort of arcs back into him. He's obviously got the awareness that Casillas is off his lines, so there's mm. a chance to sort of pop it over him. And then the sort of thrust he gets on the header is what yeah. carries him into that horizontal position. I mean, he's still sort of he has, he's checked, but he hasn't fully stopped. He's still, his momentum's mm. still going forward. Yeah. But it's not a diving header in the way of. You know, a classic Andy Gray diving head against Sunderland. In... Why did you have to choose Andy Gray? Because he was good. You could at have chosen Alan Shearer. Why would I choose a Newcastle player? <laughs> have some decency. So you, uh, uh, Keith Houchin. Have some decency. You're talking about Andy Gray. <laughs> All right, Keith Houchin. Yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, incredible awareness, incredible technical skill, incredible sort of control of the neck muscles. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, not a diving header. No, because yeah. So I, I went through a spell of hating that goal because. <laughs> It's, I was sort of like, it's not a diving header. Uh, but then seeing it again, it's, well, it's incredible. It's goal. incredible. It's it's basically going through, like doing all the calculate this, yeah. this incredibly cal- complicated calculations in mm. his head and, and where's the goalkeeper? Where's the ball? What is my neck capable yeah. of, of taking? Mm. And and just coming up with the, a solution that you don't you don't even see until he's until he's come up with it. Yeah, and you can almost see it in Van Persie's eyes working that all out. But if he missed that chance, people would think, "What on earth were you doing, man?" Yeah, you, you could have taken that down or something. But he scores, and and he and he, and he runs straight over to to King Louis. Yeah, uh, and the the celebrations begin. And as you say, there's there's a real kind of sea change in that moment. Do you know what's really nice is seeing how happy Louis is. Yeah, <laughs> especially at the end of the game. I don't think the we've big, seen him happier. A big grin on his face. It's Louis sort of saying, yeah. yeah, you all doubted me back when we got beat by the Irish in 2001. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Absolutely gubbing Spain. Do you think that Ireland result went through his head at that moment? I mean, anybody who's not thinking of Jason McAteer at all moments, there's something wrong with them. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I mean, it was a sort of, it was a sort of restoration, wasn't it? It was sort of... Well, especially as he'd failed, with, you know, in that qualifying campaign. Yeah, so, it, yeah, it, it, it was... You know, his career, coming back at RZ and winning the league... Mm was the beginning of it. And this sort of confirmed, actually, this is a career with two peaks and that's a, a rare thing. Yeah, marvellous thing. And United fans as well, who who were suddenly started you know, literally salivating <laughs> yeah. at the prospect of, of Van Persie and Van Hal working together. Like, well, this is going to be yeah. a new era. It's going to be fantastic. And, and um, that, was that again, was, was the peak of, of their optimism. An <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> era of sorts, certainly. Uh, so, yes, the team's come out... Um, after the second half, and Robin puts them two one up on on fifty three minutes, but but again, even for my money, the game is still kind of ebbing and flowing. I know there's well, that been a goal bit of is a, an amazing goal. As it well. is, and I know there has a bit of a sea change, but the sea change for me is the is is the Dutch of just suddenly feeling more confident. Really, well, they're feeling more confident, and it's really obvious how weak Spain are defensively, how vulnerable they are. So I mean, it's it's. I mean, I don't want to say it's a long ball because that's a bit unfair. Mm. But long it's a long, it's a long pass from from, from Blint again. Um, who you do think United misused after Van Hal had gone? That mm. what a left foot he had mm. um, has, and then Robin takes it down. An incredible touch to take it down and just sort of dances past PK and uh, the, the 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 aesthetic of the goal slightly spoiled by Ramos 
just getting a nick on it, but but still, it's. Uh, well, he, I mean, he'll try and spoil anything. Yeah, he will. That's true. <laughs> you know, so at least the ball did go in the back of the I mean, night. He'd you know. be taking a hacksaw to Van's paintings without <laughs> being paid for it. <laughs> yeah, he decided it's too big. I'll I'll take it from here. Um, and it's too. And it'd be even Iron Robin though, one could have thought are his best days behind him. Yeah, in that opening game, that so quick. It like, is he's so quick. Apps. It wasn't. It wasn't. Didn't he clock the fastest sprint? Ever in well, football or something in that? I mean, that, that, that sprint for, that for the uh, yeah for the fifth goal, his second. I mean, we'll come on to that. But yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, in okay. the eightieth minute of a game, <laughs> and it's hot. It's it's so yeah. hot. It's it's incredibly humid. Yeah. Uh, I, I I saw Robin when he was nineteen play for PSV. I'd never heard of him before, yeah. and I, I was happened to be in in Walvike and uh, went to RKC Walvike against PSV and watched this sort of. I mean, a, a man who looked about 60, yep. this sort of <laughs> stooped, shaven, you know, balding, thin man, absolutely devastating, <laughs> a lumbering fullback who I later learned to be Cali Boulevus, uh, uh, scored a hat-trick in it. Yeah. I think Cashman might have got a hat-trick as well that day in a 6-1 win. But... What a collector's item. Yeah. He's, he's the guy that, I mean, if Robin turns up at your five-a-side game and he's on the opposition team, you don't, you, you don't peg him as a threat. No, instantly. No, you don't. Like Van Van Persie, you think, okay, he's mm-hmm. he's got something about him. Yeah. Schneider, he looks like, you know, yeah, he looks wily. De Jong looks like he, he he'd be quite a handful in the center of the pitch. You know what I mean? But yeah. you're right. When you think of Iron Robin, you wouldn't have thought that. But anyway, he puts them two one up, and then the third goal. This is when it really begins to. Well, kind Van of... Persie smacked against the bar. Oh yes, well. of like, course. Brilliant volley with another Robin run. But in that, at this point, you. Every, if Spain have got all the possessions all being played in the Dutch half every time they put it over the top mm. they get in but when, when he hit the bar I remember thinking and that would have been a stunning goal oh it would have been a peach I remember thinking god blimey Spain what are you doing you've got away with that you're lucky there because that you know 3-1 that, but again expecting them to kind of Turn it round. Yeah, and, and and in the basement of the stadium, I'm thinking, well, Diego Costa becoming increasingly marginalised. <laughs> When's he going to get his moment? Yeah, he's, he's drifting out of the game. I think he gets he gets subbed after an hour, which when you, when normally when you're when you're oh, gives you time to yeah. Exactly. So you enjoyed the last uh, half an hour of the game then? No, no, not really. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh gosh, there is a, you, know, you know, I mean, this is a, a, a technical journalistic thing. There is no worse job or no tougher job in in football match reporting than the live sidebar. Yeah, writing. And it's kind of an opinion analysis piece mm. on a game that is still happening. Yeah. yeah, and, and so you, yeah, what you do, you you often go into the game having picked a subject, thinking yeah. this is this feels like the key topic, mm. and then after sort of fifteen to twenty minutes, you have to kind of commit to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you once to, you've done that, there's you, no going back. You basically, have to push the button on it after 85, 90 minutes. Yeah, uh, that, that's when you literally have to to press yeah. send. And and so yeah, obviously cost is a story. And then even at half time, which is your your main sort of block of writing thinking time, uh, which for me was mostly spent going down the five flights of stairs past you know Brazilians getting their their Brahma beers and and you know <laughs> and trying to get their hot dogs. But that I'm thinking, well, obviously this is this is a, a story about Costa not quite hitting the mark, but Spain still finding a way because you think they're still going to find a way. Or, or, well, or, he won the penalty, so he won the penalty. He, yeah, he'd been involved. There's something to hang it on. And then he comes off after an hour and then everything everything goes to shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, yeah. So on, on 64 minutes, uh, De Vrij sort of bundles one in. And this was, you'd say, the first of Casillas' errors. I mean, the, the, the ball comes in. Yeah, and... I mean, I think he would feel that he was fouled by Van Persie and I think another ref might have given that as a foul. But, but yeah, it's just a, a deep free kick and De Vrij... 
I mean, I'm not even sure if I kind of tries to make any contact with the ball, so it hits him at the back post and yeah. dribbles in. Yeah, and and that was a bit. Like, hang on, this is this is happening, isn't it? It's even even when they were, you know, even when they were kings of the the possession football, Spain yeah. were always pretty good at, at set pieces. Mm. You know, especially you know when when they had PK and Ramos in there. You you very rarely well, and, and and Piol before that as and well. And Piol before I mean, that. You think of the the semi final in 2010 when. Yeah, they're, they're dominating Germany, but the only goal they get is the P.O.L. header from, yep. the, from a corner. Yeah. There's that classic Henry Winter uh, intro from that game. Nobody expected the Spanish Inquisition in the air. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, back to this game. Uh, if, if As loathed as I am, um, Spain, uh, Spain have a goal ruled out for offside, which would have been 3-2, of course. So they're still in the game again. I can't, Watching this game back, I was thinking, even at 3 1, you're thinking, but Spain are still. I know they look terrible at the back and they're all over the place in Casillas. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the third goal and then the following 10 minutes, just remember Miguel sort of. <laughs> it's ludicrous. What is this? It's ludicrous. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's outraged at who, the universe for letting this happen. Who did he blame? Did he? I mean. The gods. Yeah. Not Del Bosque. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no. Okay. Because he's, he's normally very good at, at coming up with. One scapegoat, yeah. One scapegoat. No, know. this this was the universe at fault. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't Del Bosque, no. No, no, no. That three-one, I think, is the last point at which that Spain team have the aura of that Spain team. Yes, that's yes, that's when it goes. Yeah, I between agree. about sixty and seventy minutes. Yeah, absolutely right. I think I think yeah, that's that. I think that's the point I'm sort of labouring to make is that even at three-one, you think, come on, there's still Spain. Yeah. And then when the fourth goes in. Well, the fact that it's a mistake, it's almost like you know, Sergio Ramos's brain's been scrambled by, yes. by this as well, the short back pass. But it's not just the fourth goal, as you say, Jonathan, it's the manner of the fourth yeah. goal. Even they have stopped believing, I think, in themselves at this point. So, yeah, short back pass. Casillas sort of, sort of slightly bottles out of it and mm. goes with his feet, ends up sort of kicking it onto Van Persie, just mm. sort of wanders around him and pops it in. Yeah. Uh, and suddenly, and it's it's a bit like... I, mean, I suppose, I suppose you do get this, but it reminded me a little bit of uh, when England beat the Dutch in '96. Mm-hmm. Of, of this sort of, you're suddenly witnessing uh, a game you expected to be tight. You, you probably almost expected the the, the the other team to win it, and suddenly it gets to three or four. You know, when when Shearer scored that second goal, his second goal in 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 '96, you sort of thought we've won this. Yeah, and this must be the moment when the Dutch thing. Yeah, Van Persie has a that must have had that great moment of an empty, empty net to just yeah. kick the ball into and suddenly you're 4-1 up and there's, what, 18 minutes to go. You're not going to lose. No. You've we've won the game. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a glorious moment and the, the Dutch fans will remember probably that moment very, very fondly indeed. Um, and against the, the holders as well, keeping up that odd tradition of in the in the 21st century of of holders struggling in the first round other than... What Brazil in in two thousand and six they went through, but you, Brazil you think, went through. But France I, in two thousand two went out in the first round. Italy two thousand ten first round. Spain two thousand fourteen first round, and then of course Germany two thousand eighteen first round. Like it, it's such a a weird almost sort of phenomenon. As you say, Brazil are the only ones that have bucked that trend. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like what we touched on earlier. I think going into a tournament as defending champions almost. I don't know. It feels like it. It kind of puts you at a disadvantage because mm. then you are you are. You don't really have the the motivation or, or the the kind of the the instincts, I guess, to to be 
constantly innovating and you know you, you have a formula that has worked for you in the past and, and i think you are you, you generally tend to towards sticking mm. to that formula uh even when when something different is, is obviously required yeah, I, mean, I, I think for a long time it was easy to think oh it's because you haven't played qualifiers but mm -hmm. obviously now you do have to play the qualifiers well, yeah, it's so, a bit, isn't it? um but i think the most, i mean i think particularly with germany this was this was obvious that uh refreshing the squad is a very hard thing to do mm. uh because there's always going to be a bit of a divide between the mm -hmm. lads who won it last time and the new lads who've come in especially with that spain side having had such success yeah yeah and i guess diego costa well yeah uh the, yeah the, the correct sidebar exemplified yeah. this yeah yeah and yeah. they but they had they had coke who'd, who'd had an you know incredible couple of years with, with atletico and he couldn't he could barely get in the side uh, and he would have added dynamism to that midfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. He, was, he was good in But then who do you drop at? You've know, you got Busquets, you've got Xavi, you've got Xavi Alonso. But again, in, it's yeah, one we, pace, but they're all we, great players. We've yeah. got this in hindsight. You know, going into that tournament, again, knowing that Spain side with the manager, blah, 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 blah it would have been a bold thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what the, the second edition piece that I got. After the final whistle, where, uh, you know, I, I had maybe about an hour or an hour, hour and a quarter to come up with something completely new. Uh, and I, I, you know, ironically, took a hatchet to my first piece <laughs> uh, and, and and just you know produce something completely different. Did you like and, probably bash the laptop off as well? You well, know? I, I I went off to. I mean, you can't do a, like a a full post mortem of of you know this era of Spanish football, but you can look at the personnel and and some of the decisions that got made in in the, the two to four years before that. And yeah, I think Del Bosque was understandably quite loyal, like extremely loyal to the players that had won him stuff in the past and and if you look at maybe the five or six years of like champions league football and international football going into that that tournament what we saw towards you know in 2013 2014 was this era of control giving and giving way to a kind of a slightly more chaotic um you know a chaotic tone especially in these big games it, it was like a couple of months earlier that uh guardiola's Bayern had gone up against Real Madrid and there was there was a similar kind of intake collective intake of breath when I think was it Real on 4-0 mm -hmm. 4-0 mm -hmm. and yeah you're right it's, yeah very similar feeling of, of kind of suddenly the you know you see the crack appears in the wall and then suddenly the wall collapses yeah yeah there was there's there's very little sort of very little in between. Yeah, and I, over the course of about twenty minutes that happened. Yeah, you know, uh, they just got picked off on the break again and again and mm -hmm. again because Angel de Maria actually is a good player. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, but yes, I mean we, we talked a bit about the the fifth goal. Well, but, but, but I, mean, I think we should go back to it. Just, I mean, I I, I think I could watch Iron Robin sprinting like that mm. all day. I mean, just it's just a basic ball over top. Yeah. But the great thing is that you see Sergio Ramos. Who's got about a four or five yard start, and you see immediately he knows he's not going to catch. It. He's, he's sort of beckoning other pe people over to help me out. <laughs> As this whir of legs zips past him, it is phenomenal. And then, what's great is that Robin gets to the ball. Casillas has come out to close it down. Ramos is you know catching him up, and he just stops. And Ramos goes flying past him, and he turns back. And then dribbles sort of across, you know, laterally across the box. Yeah, well, he will do he, that, Robert. Keeping on, yeah. He cuts in. <laughs> yeah, even if he came in from the left, he yeah. then sort of had to go back yeah. a little bit to make sure. Yeah, he, he cuts in field under his left foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dummies to shoot, dummies to shoot, dummies to shoot, and mm. Percasius is just sort of crawling after him by yeah. that point. Yeah, you're thinking he's he's the chance is gone. You're thinking he's he's um he's he's missed his he's missed his opportunity. But what what's happening is that they they say that during moments of high trauma, you could you sort of the world sort of goes in, in, a, in a bit of a blow and you can mm. you can clearly see that 
that uh, Ramos and, and Robin are, are experiencing time at, at two different speeds at that point. <laughs> and <laughs> with an extremely comical result. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. But that is, again, we, we, with, with Van Persie's fourth goal, you know, when you say it all kind of... It, it falls apart for Spain. This is the, the Dutch are almost torturing them now. Yeah, I mean, fifth goals. I think uh, you, you can you could probably do a whole podcast on on you know the 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 fifth goal is I think the point at which a convincing victory becomes a humiliation. There's like yeah. you can almost paper over a four one. I know what yeah. you mean. There's something the, the the difference between four and five one is is much I, bigger than say three and four one. It's, yes. I think it's bigger yeah. than it than than you know the difference between anything apart from zero yeah. and one. It's it's yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> no, but I know what you mean. Yeah, no, no, I, I, like good teams occasionally concede four goals, but yeah, uh, you know, Guardiola's buying lost four one to Wolfsburg. It, it can happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lenin five is something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, all that was missing was an Emil Heskey goal, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So and and Spain next game they lose and they're out in the first round. I mean, them playing was it Australia is it in a dead rubber? Yeah, it was. Again, a very strange. I mean, thing. that 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 Chile game was was a yeah one of the favourite World Cup games I've done. Mm. I mean, I don't, you know, it's such a great, you know, an odd occasion. Two one Chile. Uh, two, two one or two, two nil. nil. I think wasn't it? Or was it two De- nil? Definitely Chile got two. I yeah, remember that. Sure. But any, but but also the Chilean fans invading the press box <laughs> before the game, and yeah, it was they had broken glass everywhere. And they just much like the uh, much like the team, you know. Um, so yeah, well, it just, was two 0 It yeah. was two 0 Well, they're just swarming, you know. Bodies everywhere. Yeah, just red shirts all over the place. <laughs> Hapless opponents chasing them. As, You're trying to get out. They're tugging the shirt. Loaded journalists and look on, going, yeah, filming it and taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Glorious. Uh, and then Netherlands, of course, would go out in the semis to Argentina. The interesting thing is, in many ways, it's the Dutch who, after that game, who I think were as big a disappointment as mm. as Spain. You you. You thought that they would kind of blitz a trail through this tournament now, and and instead, what happened is that, as it turned out, playing a five-two-three against deep-set opponents did not make for very interesting football. <laughs> and you know that by the time they, I think they were, they were scraping cross past Croatia, uh, sorry, uh, Costa, Costa Rica, Rica yeah. on penalties. Uh, I think a lot of the a lot of the, the magic of that game had already sort of dissipated. Even the Mexico game, which was the last sixteen, yeah, they won nil down until. The water break, which allows Van Hal to, but it, I mean, the, that was the other thing about the those knockout games was it, it somehow added to the Van Hal myth because you had the water break where you know, he gave him a talking to and, and they, they then get the equaliser very quickly afterwards. The two two late goals, wasn't it? So, yeah, and then the Costa Rica game, you know, he makes he, you know he substitutes the goalkeeper, brings on Tim Krul for for Sillison, which again seems like this kind of crazy genius, and it, it, you know it, it everything sort of buildings that this, this is this is Louis's tournament to the extent. I don't want to keep having a go at Miguel, but when I've got the opportunity, why not? <laughs> that uh, Miguel didn't go to Germany 7, Brazil 1 in the semi-final. He went to a Louis van Gaal press conference instead. Oh. Why? I, I mean, he must have been directed there by the desk. Um, was, but, he was working for ESPN at the, at the time, right? Uh, no, I think he was at the Indy. Was but, he? I think so, yeah. But oh. even though the Netherlands they went into the playoff match, they still gave Brazil a bit of a kick. <laughs> yeah, you know, which seemed to be uh, the thing to do in the latter stages of that tournament, of course. But I mean, I went to I went down to Porto Alegre after that, and mm. for, for the Australia Holland game, and this is a few days after they've just beaten Spain five one, and the Dutch journalists are giving Van Hal such grief. They are asking him incredibly pointed 
Like, yeah, I was I was at the Chile game. The, the dead, you know, the, I mean, the dead rubber. They they both gone through. Who's going to be? I mean, it's the same thing. There's yeah, all these questions about stylistically. Is this correct? Yeah, is this the Dutch way? Is this how how Holland should be playing? And I know I don't know if you've you know, if you've never been in a in a Dutch football press conference. <laughs> the Dutch themselves are very you know they're very blunt and and uncompromising, especially you know when it comes to to press conferences. And and he's getting loads and loads of questions about about his tactics, which for somebody who comes from the the English press conference tradition is, is is really quite startling because you know an english press conference you've essentially got tabloid boys going you know have you sent a message to him uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 how, yeah. just how good can jackie will should be uh-huh. you know would he have a word with him and and suddenly you've got like t- two dozen dutch journalists like interrogating van hall about his <laughs> tactics which it, it, was, it was you know quite telling yeah i mean the point you make about that that system not being as effective against teams as it deep yeah, the 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 I've got the the Van Halen interview I did. I've got it on my screen here, and the thing I think is relevant there is he said that he made that switch of putting Robin into the middle to provoke the space behind the defenders of our opponents, which is fine if there is space behind the defenders of your yeah. opponents. But as soon as there isn't, it becomes quite blunt, and yeah. that was what you saw for the rest of the tournament and what you kept seeing at Manchester United. Yeah, they didn't play another team who who played into their hands like yeah. that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure talking to you about that game. Oh, is that um, all? Yeah, that's it. You can, Gosh, you, 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 the rest of the day's your own. How long's that been? Yeah, that, that, that felt like about fifteen minutes. Yeah, we're, we're just about forty minutes in. Uh, there's, a, there's a point to be made there about how people perceive time. <laughs> at, at, at <laughs> different, at different... I was very much like Sergio Ramos. I felt like I'd gone on for hours. Whereas <laughs> <laughs> you've Iron Robin that. <laughs> well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, thank you very much, Jonathan Lewis. It's been an absolute pleasure. Jonathan Wilson, always a, a pleasure, of course. Um, that was a great games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. For more stories like that, do check out theblizzard.co.uk. We'll see you next week. This was a Stakhanov production. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.